Welcome to audio lecture series in medicine. Contents of this project are in public domain and free to listen and download. The topic of today's discussion is herpes zoster. Herpes zoster is a disease caused by reactivation of the varicella zoster virus and spread of the virus from the sensory nerve to the dermatome. After the primary infection that is chickenpox the virus becomes latent in the dorsal root ganglia and re-emerges when there is a weakening of the immune system as a result of any disease or advanced age. The disease is also popularly known as shingles. Risk factors for zoster include older age, underlying malignancy, disorders of cell-mediated immunity, chronic lung or kidney disease, autoimmune diseases, etc. Risk factors for post-herpetic neuralgia include age older than 60 years and negative vaccine status. There is an increased incidence in immunocompromised patients who are receiving chemotherapy, radiotherapy or who are immunosuppressed due to corticosteroids, AIDS, diabetes mellitus, malignancy, the elderly who are above age of 60 and children who acquired chickenpox when younger than 2 months old are also more susceptible for the herpes zoster. Clinical Presentation Pain generally precedes skin manifestation by 3 to 5 days and is generally localized to the dermatome that will be affected by the skin lesions. The initial rash consists of erythematous maculopapules generally affecting one dermatome. Typically, the rash does not cross the midline. Some patients may have scattered vesicles outside the affected dermatome. In rare cases, the rash can be generalized or disseminated. If there are more than 20 to 25 lesions, distributed outside the dermatome affected, the patient is considered to have disseminated zoster. The thoracic and lumbar dermatomes are the most commonly involved. Occasionally, zoster will be seen on the extremities. Incidence of disseminated herpes zoster is increased in immunocompromised hosts. Immunocompromised hosts are also more prone to Neurologic complications such as encephalitis, myelitis, cranial and peripheral nerve palsies, acute retinal necrosis, etc. The mortality rate is 10 to 20 percent in immunocompromised hosts with disseminated zoster. Motor neuropathies occur in 5 percent of all cases of zoster. Complete recovery occurs in more than 70 percent of patients. The initial maculopapules evolve into vesicles and pustules by the third or fourth day. The vesicles have an erythematous base and are cloudy of varying size. This varying size is a distinguishing characteristic of herpes zoster when compared to herpes simplex. Herpes simplex have uniform sized vesicles. Also note that the vesicles of 
herpes zoster appear in groups the vesicles subsequently become umbilicated and then form crusts that generally fall off within 3 week scarring may occur in some people pain during and after the rash is generally significant post herpetic neuralgia occurs after herpes zoster in approximately 1/3 of patients who are aged more than 60 year and can persist for months or years secondary bacterial infection with staphylococcus aureus or streptococcus pyogenes may occur regional lymphadenopathy may occur herpes zoster may involve the trigeminal nerve which is the most frequent cranial nerve involved involvement of the first division of the trigeminal nerve is also known as herpes zoster ophthalmicus and it can result in blindness the appearance of blisters on the tip of the nose known as hutchinson sign is a common manifestation of herpes zoster ophthalmicus involvement of the geniculate ganglion can cause facial palsy and a painful ear with the presence of vesicles on the pinna and external auditory canal this is known as ramsay hunt syndrome pain typical of herpes zoster in the absence of cutaneous lesions is known as zoster sign herpes and it is a very rare phenomenon pathophysiology reactivation of varicella virus that is human herpes virus 3 is the main etiology for herpes zoster both sensory ganglia neurons and satellite cells surrounding the neurons serve as sites of varicella zoster virus latent infection during latency the virus only expresses a small number of viral proteins loss of varicella zoster virus specific cell mediated immune response may be responsible for reactivation once reactivated virus spreads to other cells within the ganglion the dermatomal distribution of the rash corresponds to the sensory fields of the infected neurons within the specific ganglion the pain associated with zoster infection and post herpetic neuralgia is thought to result from injury to the peripheral nerves and altered central nervous system processing complications the most common complications are post herpetic neuralgia and bacterial super infection that can delay healing and cause scarring of the zoster lesions ocular complications including uveitis and keratitis bell's palsy and other motor nerve palsies bacterial skin infection meningitis caused by central extension of the infection herpes zoster oticus also known as ramsay hunt syndrome are among the known complications ramsay hunt syndrome presents as the triad of ipsilateral facial paralysis ear pain and vesicles in the auditory canal and auricle disturbances in taste perception hearing lacrimation and vestibular function such as vertigo may also occur other rare complications may include acute retinal necrosis transverse myelitis encephalitis 
leukoencephalitis, contralateral thrombotic stroke syndrome, and granulomatous vasculitis. Immunosuppressed patients are at increased risk for complications, including severe complications such as broader dermatomal involvement, disseminated infections, visceral involvement, pneumonitis, and meningoencephalitis. Differential diagnosis for rash include herpes simplex and other viral infections and contact dermatitis. Pemphigus and other bullous diseases present with blisters, but they do not present with classic dermatomal distribution. Molluscum contagiosum presents with white or yellow flat-topped papules with central umbilication caused by a pox virus. The lesions are more firm and unless irritated, they do not have a red base, which is seen in herpes zoster. Scabies may present as a pustular rash that is not confined to dermatomes and usually has characteristic lesions in the webs of the fingers. Insect bites are often suspected by history and can occur over the entire body. Folliculitis presents with characteristic pustules arising from hair shafts. Herpes simplex infection presents with similar lesions but is usually restricted to perioral region, genital area and buttocks and fingers. Differential diagnosis for pain from herpes zoster. Pain from herpes zoster may be confused with acute myocardial infarction, pulmonary embolism, pleuritis, pericarditis, renal colic, etc. Zoster mimics coronary artery disease when it presents with chest pain before the vesicles are visible or before the vesicles erupt. The diagnosis of herpes zoster is usually made by the characteristic dermatomal presentation. Laboratory tests are generally not necessary in cases where the clinical diagnosis is not obvious. PCR testing of varicella zoster virus is recommendable and it has high sensitivity and specificity. Other laboratory studies for diagnosis of herpes zoster include viral culture and serological testing. Meningitis associated with varicella zoster virus infection can be diagnosed by cerebrospinal fluid analysis which shows pleocytosis. Treatment Non-pharmacological therapy include wet compresses applied for 15 to 30 minutes 5 to 10 times a day and it may be useful to break vesicles and remove serum and crust. After wet compresses, always suggest pad drying. Care must be taken to prevent any secondary bacterial infection by keeping cutaneous lesions clean and dry. Pharmacological therapy includes oral antiviral agents which can shorten the disease course and help prevent post-herpetic neuralgia. They can decrease acute pain, inflammation and vesicle formation when treatment is begun within 72 hours of onset of the rash. There is no point in giving antiviral drugs if stage of eruption is already over. Treatment options are Velocyclovir 1000 mg 3 times a day for 7 days, Famcyclovir 500 mg 
three times a day for seven days. Ercyclovir 800 mg five times a day for seven to ten days. Valacyclovir and famcyclovir have a better patient compliance due to comfortable dosing regimen. Topical acyclovir can be used if vesicles are still forming. Calamine lotion topically may be used as the vesicles dry up to soothe and reduce itching. In case of secondary bacterial infection, antibiotic creams such as sofromycin can be added with oral antibiotics. Be careful while prescribing sofromycin or neomycin creams as they may cause allergic dermatitis which may hasten recovery. The role of corticosteroids in herpes zoster is controversial. Many physicians prescribe them to improve rash healing and reduce pain severity. Corticosteroids can be considered in older patients within 72 hours of clinical presentation or if new lesions are still erupting. If there are no contraindications to their use, they can be given. Initial dose is prednisone 60 mg per day, decreased by 5 mg per day until finished. Some physicians also prescribe B-complex supplementations. Immunocompromised patients and patients with herpes zoster complicated by CNS involvement should be treated with IV acyclovir 10 to 15 mg per kg every 8th hourly in 1 hour infusion for 7 days. They should be closely monitored for renal function and adequate hydration. Let's discuss post-herpetic neuralgia briefly. Post-herpetic neuralgia is defined as pain that persists more than 90 days after onset of herpetic rash. Post-herpetic neuralgia is the persistence of pain, numbness and dysesthesia precipitated by movement or in response to non-noxious stimuli in the affected dermatome. The treatment choice for post-herpetic neuralgia include NSAIDs, opioid analgesics such as morphine, oxycodone, methadone and tramadol. Tramadol reduces the pain but is not a true narcotic. Gambapentin 100 to 600 mg thrice a day is effective in the treatment of pain and sleep interference associated with post-herpetic neuralgia. Other effective agents are carbamazepine, pregabalin, duloxetine and tricyclic antidepressants such as amitriptyline and nortriptyline. Lidocaine 5% patch is also effective in relieving post-herpetic neuralgia. Patches are applied to intact skin after resolution of blisters and crusts to cover the most painful area. Capsaicin cream can be useful for treatment of post-herpetic neuralgia in certain cases. It is generally applied 3 to 5 times daily for several weeks after the crusts have fallen off. For resistant cases of post-herpetic neuralgia, sympathetic blocks or intercostal nerve blocks with 0.25% bupivacaine and rhizotomy can be done. Among the available pharmacological therapies for post-herpetic neuralgia, tricyclic antidepressants and gambapentine 
have the strongest evidence to relieve and reduce pain. They provide better sleep and decrease anxiety and depression as well. Patients who have developed disseminated herpes zoster hospitalize them for IV acyclovir and investigate them for the possible causes of immunosuppression. Patients who have herpes zoster ophthalmicus can be treated with acyclovir eye drops and they should be referred to an ophthalmologist. Vesicle over the nose is always associated with corneal involvement. Consultation with otolaryngologist is advisable in patients with Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. Always ask the patients for their vaccination status. Patients should be advised to avoid contact with anyone who never had chickenpox or didn't get immunized and they should also avoid contact with pregnant women, children or people with weak immune systems such as those with cancer or AIDS. They should also be advised not to scratch or break the blisters to avoid getting a secondary bacterial infection. This concludes our discussion on the topic of herpes zoster.